This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right now, let's talk to Matt Porter. He covers the Canes for the Palm Beach Post. He joins us on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Store's guest line. They are truly steps beyond convenient. Are you in the? Uh, are you in Roanoke right now? I, I am in Roanoke is, right now. What's there Beautiful to do in there. Roanoke when you have downtime in Roanoke? What's there to do? Um, well, I'm going to go out with a friend tonight. A uh, guy works up here and gets a nice craft beer, I think. And <laughs> I, I guess whatever the finest uh, nightlife Roanoke has to offer, I will be experiencing that. I will report back uh, later. Matt, <laughs> true or false, Virginia Tech's the worst ACC road trip you can possibly go on. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I haven't been to all of them. I mean, full disclosure. I, 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 the only reason I like it is because I've had two good experiences up here. The weather's been nice. You know, the foliage. You kind of get all that stuff that you, that you don't get. So, like, at, at least it's a little bit unique. And, yeah, this is, like, the happiest spin I can put on it. Uh, there's, it's like farm country. It's really not a lot to do up here. That drive is awful, though. <laughs> the drive out there from the airport? Brutal, yeah. Oh. The drive is bad. But, I mean, I just came from – I mean, I did Appalachian State last month. Oh, I mean, yeah. That was, that <laughs> was, sounds that bad. Was, that, was like, that was like two hours winding through these, like, foggy mountains where I, I get no – I couldn't even get um, – I have a little, like, wireless Wi-Fi jetpack thing that I turn on if I need Wi-Fi. Like, that didn't even work. So I couldn't even get, like, Spotify. <laughs> it was brutal. Matt Porter joins us. He covers the Canes for the Palm Beach Post. All right, let me ask you this. The Canes right now fifth in the Coastal. Virginia Tech has a couple of uh, spots ahead of them right now. I know the Canes, in terms of winning the Coastal, probably close to being on life support. If they lose this game tomorrow, are, are the hopes of winning the Coastal just up in smoke? I mean, I don't see how they win. You know, it was three losses. Uh, that that does not get, get you to the championship game, like, ever. So, I mean, they'd, they'd have to hope for UNC and Virginia Tech to lose, obviously, in some kind of crazy tiebreaker situation, which always bends my mind to try to figure out um, you got to win out, and you have to hope that UNC loses. That's that's the most straightforward path for Miami at this point. But it starts here. I mean, if you, if you lose here, then we're going to be talking about you know how bad is this going to get, especially when you look at you know a, a team that is inexperienced, um, especially on defense, is very banged up, especially on defense. Um, you kind of wonder what's their mentality going to be like, or is Mark Rick going to be able to keep them together? Um, Mark Rick has finished with fewer than eight wins in exactly one season of his 15 years as a head coach. That was in 2010, uh, where they lost four games early, and they, they finished six and seven. Other than that, he's been, you know, <laughs> pretty much all you can expect aside from a, a national championship. So different situation, but he's shown in the past that he can, uh, you know, keep things, he can keep the ship uh, pointed in the right direction, uh, even if they lose a few games. Matt, is the post-FSU deflation still a thing? Have we moved past that yet, or is that still really hanging over this team's head? I mean, it's easy to say it. Um, you know, I, I look at a team that was really flat uh, in the first half against North Carolina, and whether that's an FSU hangover or whether it's, you know, the fact that you go in there and, you know, the crowd is, is barely into it and there's no atmosphere. I mean, 
you know, yeah, as a player, you don't want to blame those things. Um, as a you know, coach would never say it. A player, you know, if they're if they're following their media training, they won't say this, you know. But I don't know. You walk in there in that stadium and it's dead. And you know, comparatively, um, you know, where FSU is the most electric atmosphere, you, you know, gets the gets the blood flowing and all that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's easy to say hangover, but I mean, that that FSU game is brutal. Uh, tons of guys get banged up. I mean, Brad Kaya, Shaq Quarterman, Chad Thomas, like all these guys are, 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 are getting hurt in that game. It takes a while to recover. You know, you, you couple that with the loss. Um, it, it's a, it, it's always a war. And, you know, so I think it can have a physical effect as well as a mental effect. Um, I, I think, you know, calling it a hangover is you know, kind of a general way to say it, but, I mean, I, I guess if you're, if you're considering all the things that can happen to a team in that game, yeah, I guess it's a real thing. Matt, you mentioned a couple times now that the, the Canes are kind of banged up a lot of places. It's kind of carrying over week to week. Um, this week, where were they most concerned about? What, what is it the defensive line? I know I read that uh, like three guys are out this week, defensive line. So where are they most concerned? Yeah, I think, I think it's probably up front. I mean, right now they have three scholarship defensive ends who are healthy. I mean, they had to move a tight end there uh, this week, Stan Dobard, um, you know, just to just to have a practice body. So it's it's pretty rough. Um, you know, Demetrius Jackson and Chad Thomas have been excellent for them uh, this season. Chad Thomas is, uh, I think, eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks. Demetrius Jackson has about that too. Um, they've been really good and and playing, you know, in this new style that uh, Manny Diaz has them running. Um, but uh, we're not sure if Chad Thompson is going to play. We know Demetrius Jackson didn't make the trip. Um, so that, you know, that puts freshmen in the starting lineup, true freshmen. And, you know, you're already looking at true freshmen at linebacker. Um, so you also have to wonder about the secondary where Corn Elder played 90, uh, 89 snaps last uh, week against North Carolina. He played every single snap on defense in that game. And he wasn't alone. Uh, uh, Rayshon Jenkins uh, played a ton, too. He was in the 80s with his snap count, so you know those guys are—they can recover. But we're looking at a you know a four-day break, you know five days after uh, last game, um, they'll be on the field again. So what what is their workload going to be like? Are they going to be tired? Are they dealing with anything that's nagging that we don't know about? Um, it, it could get a little bit rough on defense, especially because Virginia Tech's quarterback is a, a six-foot-three, 240-pound bull. Um, who likes to run the ball, and, and he can throw too. He has a really good number one wideout, uh, Isaiah Ford, who's an NFL draft guy. So um, they got their work cut out. Matt Porter covers the Canes for the Palm Beach Post joining us. And, Matt, well, let's go to the other side of that line. Why can't this team block anybody, not only on offense, but on special teams seemingly as well? Yeah, I, I don't know what's happened to that offensive line. I mean, they, you know, it's the same unit that struggled. Um, you know, for a few years now, they were they were completely green. They were one of the nation's youngest offensive lines in 2014, and you know you saw them struggle then. And you're thinking, okay, well, you know they're going to be together for a few years. They're, they're going to figure it out. Um, you know, they'll get coached up. They'll get stronger. You know, they've they've made progress. I, I don't want to say that you know they're they're terrible, um, but they have come along. But it, it's just not enough at this point. Um, facing good teams with really good edge rushers, they really seem to struggle. It's kind of a a line that doesn't really have very, you know, they don't have they don't have guys that are that are ready-made tackles. I mean, those, like guys like Eric Flowers, like they had Chantrell Henderson. I mean, they don't have those guys, and, and they're rare, so they're tough to find. But you know, they're playing, you know, Trevor Darling, who's you know six four, three twenty, and 
you know, a lot of people that I talk to who are smarter than me about football think that he should be a guard. He should definitely be a guard and not a left tackle, but, you know, there you are. And, and then they're also missing Sonny Adagwu, who's their six foot eight mm-hmm. uh, right tackle, who's very inexperienced, but, you know, a, a physical presence. He's out for the year now with, um, after having a leg surgery. Um, he is an absolute shocker if he came back. Um, after his broken leg, so they have a they have a sophomore in there who is making his second start, Tyree St. Louis. Um, bit problematic, you know. Um, they have one senior on the line, Danny Zadora, a right guard who's played pretty well, but um, guys like Linder and McDermott and Darling, who are juniors, I mean, they they really got to make an improvement here, um, you know, or else Brad Kai is going to continue to uh, struggle because they can't keep him upright. That means that they can't throw downfield because he doesn't have enough time. You're not a runner. Um, so he's just going to continue to get knocked around if they can't protect him. How would you grade the three freshman linebackers thus far? Well, uh, if it's on a curve, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'd have to, I'd have to give them like an, I don't know, an A minus. I mean, they've been, they've been really good. Like teams don't start true freshmen at middle linebacker ever. And the, the, the Canes have done it like once or, or twice. Like Ray Lewis and Dan Morgan, I think were the only two true freshmen. Um, they have three is just unheard of. I mean, they haven't, they have not been perfect. Um, you know, they've had their, they've had their mistakes. Um, they've overrun plays. They've missed a few assignments. I mean, these guys are physically ready. They're, they're mentally way ahead of, of where I think a lot of people, uh, even on the staff expected them to be. And um, I think they've been really, really impressive. And, I, I mean, there's no way in my mind that these guys won't be all ACC linebackers in, in, the, in the years to come. All right, Matt, I can't let you go without asking this. It's a question that all Canes fans really are on the tip of their tongue right now. What, any chance that we're going to see this offense expand, open up the playbook, and, and have a little fun? Because it's been a little ho-hum with the offense lately. Yeah, a little ho-hum is, is, is a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just think it all comes back to the offensive line. It's like if you can't protect Brad Kaya, he's not going to be thrown downfield. He's already a little bit banged up. I mean, he, he says his shoulder's fine. Mark Rick says his shoulder's fine. And, and I think this is my opinion. I, I just I feel like I, I feel like that's just them not wanting to make excuses. I really feel like Kaya, you know, he doesn't look the same. He just doesn't. He's, he's not throwing with the same zip. Um, he's getting the ball out, but you know, he's not throwing bombs all over the field anymore. And that's partly because he doesn't have enough time. But at the same time, I mean, he can throw one of the nicest deep balls that, you know, in, in, in the league. Um, you know, he, he was an NFL draft prospect for a reason coming into the season. I still think he is. But um, I just don't think he's 100% right now. So you kind of have what you have. Um, you know, if you can open up the offense by, you know, throwing screen passes and, and hope that guys make a, you know, defenders miss, like, you know, the tight ends did last week and, you know, just, um, you know, getting yards after catch and, you know, throwing to the running back and things like that. If that's your idea of opening it up, then I think, sure, um, they can do that. But unless Kai is healthy and, and upright, uh, then I think it's going to be tough for them to really start, you know, launching uh, shots all over the field. Is the Tannehill comparison fair then that he's getting? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I think, I think Kai is getting a lot of, I mean, I'm not super in tune with the Tannehill stuff. You know, honestly, I know he gets bashed, but um, you know, I don't. I don't watch a ton of Dolphins just because I'm always watching Miami film the next day, um, the day after a Saturday game. But I mean, I think Kai is getting a lot of criticism, and you know, I think Rick is getting criticized too. But you know, really, to me, it's 
you know, it's the offensive line. Yeah, it's play calling sometimes, and, and yeah, Kai is not making the best decisions, but you got to keep that guy upright. If you can do that, then you're in really good shape. And a lot of teams would want to have him, but, um, you know, he does make mistakes too. You know, he's a junior. Um, he's a college kid. He's not a pro yet, so that's, uh, you get what you get. Lastly, and on the way out here, we have a little disagreement here. Now, Matt, on games you're not covering where you're just a fan, are you superstitious when you watch games? If something happens and you're doing something or not doing something, you'll continue to do it or not do it just because you don't want to tempt fate? I'm the worst wet blanket with questions like this because I don't, I don't watch games as a fan. I really don't. Yes, I Matt. I was like a teenager. Thank you. <laughs> really. Not okay. even the Bruins. Nah, you know, once I won the cup in 2011, like I, I, I called my dad, I cried, and that was about it. <laughs> you Same and Gorby, Matt. You and Gorby. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that was it, though. I've seen it all. I've, now, I've, I mean, what now? I know. I just, I watch like a, like a, you know, I'm interested in the strategy and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't have any superstitions. Yes, nice. thank you. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much for taking the time, Matt. Thanks for coming on. I'll be more uh, superstitious watching the debate tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, I, think we all, I think we all yeah. need to be, all Matt. Right, thanks Thank a you. lot. That was Matt Porter with Palm Beach Post. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.